You're listening to The Omni Show. Get to know the people and stories behind the Omni Group's award-winning productivity apps for Mac and iOS. My name's Andrew J. Mason, and today we talk to digital media product manager Jimmy Little on how he uses OmniFocus. Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of The Omni Show. My name's Andrew J. Mason, and in this episode we're talking to digital media product manager Jimmy Little. Jimmy, thanks so much for joining us and talking to us about your OmniFocus system. Hey, thanks for having me. This is fun. Well, catch us up. Talk to us about who you are, where you're from, and where you find yourself these days. Well, I'm originally an East Coast guy. I grew up in Virginia and uh, moved to New York right out of college and did my thing there for a while. And about, I guess, seven years ago, moved to Southern California to take on my current job. And uh, here we are in uh, Burbank, California. Excellent. And help us wind back the clock. How did you find yourself coming across OmniFocus or the Omni Group back in the day? I've always been kind of a computer geek and a, and a productivity nerd from way back in like my college days and early my early New York career. I was a, uh, a production manager for a large like special event designer. We did huge weddings and parties and stuff. And I was kind of uh, the Uber planner for that. And that got me into OmniPlan, actually. I was a Microsoft project guy before that and then uh, switched to Mac and got into OmniPlan back in the day. And that kind of led me down the road of found out about Omni Outliner eventually, started Kinkless GTD, and then uh, eventually, I guess in, I think it was late 2007-ish, the OmniFocus beta came out, and I kind of started going down that road then. I was a big 43 folders guy back in the day. I literally had like the rack on my desk with literally 43 folders in it and, uh, you know, listened to a lot of Merlin Mann podcasts and he was heavily pushing OmniFocus in the early days. So uh, I kind of got into it by way of listening to him in other podcasts and shows. So Yes, me as well. Uh, Leo Laporte and Merlin Mann, the screensavers and MacBreak Weekly. Yeah, I think I started, what was it, early 2008, I think, uh, OmniFocus first came out. and uh, That's right. And then late 2008, it came out on the iPhone, and I was like, I was in on day one on all of that. <laughs> That's awesome. And, and honestly, not super uncommon for folks that we've had on the show before. Uh, I believe the kids are using the term OG these days. <laughs> O-F-O-G. <laughs> That's right. Uh, talk to me about the areas of focus that you have or, or different spots in your life. How all-encompassing is OmniFocus, or is it just a particular slice of your life? Uh, depends on what year it is, really. Um, I kind of go in and out of what I'm putting in there. Currently, my current setup, when I was a single man, let's go back a few years, to back <laughs> when I was a single man, um, everything went into OmniFocus, because that was my system. Everything was in there. A few years ago, I got married, had a kid, and now... I'm like 95% in OmniFocus, and then I have like two shared lists and Apple Reminders that I'm in with my wife. Just a grocery list and like a house to-do list. So I'm almost all in on OmniFocus, uh, definitely all in for all of my personal stuff. It gets a little more complicated, and I have a lot of automations and stuff that take care of things when it comes to work, because we don't obviously deal with OmniFocus at work. We, we do a lot of like Jira and Atlassian and Trello and, and that sort of stuff at work, so... I keep all of my stuff in OmniFocus from work, but work stuff doesn't technically go into OmniFocus. All right. So I have to use this opportunity to ask a completely selfish question. Uh, wasn't in the scripted questions that I sent you. So <laughs> here we go. We're actually about to have our third uh, kid. Congratulations. Thank you. So excited about that. But I always love whenever somebody else is in parenting and OmniFocus or GTD or task management, love to ask this question. How do you handle tasks or projects as it relates to parenting and children? Any advice or tips or takes in that space? 
I'm a big areas of focus guy. I, you know, I read all the GTD books back in the day and all that. But uh, so I do have like uh, my son's name is Gary, and I do have like a Gary folder in OmniFocus where I keep all my Gary projects. Right now, there's there's only a couple, but you know, I have the Gary to do list, which is you know, it's sort of a someday maybe list of like things we want to do together. We're planning a camping trip. He's three. I'm taking on his first camping trip in a, in a couple of weeks. I'm pretty excited about that. So I have like a, a Gary camping trip project in that folder right now. In the beginning, there was a lot of a lot of recurring tasks. You've already been through it twice. So you know, like there are things that have to happen at the same time every day when you have a child. And he was my first. So it's like, well, I got to write this down or there's no way I'm going to keep up with all this stuff. So in the beginning, there was a couple of recurring projects or projects with recurring tasks that were just constantly like, you have to do this at this time. This is when he gets his medicine. This is when he gets his bottle. This is when he should be going down for a nap, even though he probably won't. But this is when he should happen. All of that stuff was in recurring (laughs) lists. Okay, so me too. And can I just say for any parents out there that are utilizing OmniFocus or GTD or anything like that, uh, there's no shame in writing down brush teeth (laughs) and putting it on a recurring project. Because you got to, you got to do it. So sleep deprivation, got to do it. Yeah. Let's switch gears and talk about review. How does reviewing look in your system? Do you do any reviewing at all? I do, and and it looks completely different when I'm starting a project as to when I'm when I'm in the project. I'm a very optimistic reviewer when I start a project. Then real life jumps in. I do get to the review at least every week or ten days. I know a lot of people like to sit down and do it every Sunday night or whatever and have their sort of routine of doing that, but you know, with a with a three year old in the house and a job and a everything, it kind of sometimes you don't get a Sunday night to yourself, so you do it on Tuesday morning or whatever. It's fine. You can't be locked into this stuff. I do set review intervals when I set up a project. Some of them are as often as every two or three days for a large work project that's constantly changing, and some of them are once a year, once every eighteen months. But when I do sit down to review, I prefer to do my reviews on my iPad. We have a, not a large house, but we have a townhouse and uh, it's uh, got a small patio on it when we have like this hammock chair out there hanging from the ceiling. And uh, that's kind of my favorite thing to do is just grab a cup of coffee and go out to the hammock chair with my iPad. And even if it's in the middle of a work day on a Tuesday afternoon, I like leave my home office and I go downstairs and I go out on the patio with my iPad and I do my review out there. Beautiful. I know it's not always possible, but when it is carving that separate space for review, I mean, that's so, that's really helpful. How about those people that are just getting started in OmniFocus or task management? Do you have any first sets of go-to tips or tricks or anything that you would say, here's how I would start? If this were me and I was just starting over, here's what I would do. I think one of the big challenges that when I get people onboarded with OmniFocus is they either try to, they try to do two things. Either they try to move their entire system over all at once, whatever their old system was, uh, which I think, I think that's a bad idea when you're also trying to learn new software. If you're not, if you don't know what you're doing in OmniFocus yet, because OmniFocus is a very complicated piece of software, (laughs) if you allow it to be. And that goes into my second tip in a sec. But trying to learn what everything that OmniFocus does while also moving your entire system into OmniFocus, that's probably going to frustrate a lot of people and probably discourage them. And the, the second tip would be to start small. Don't move everything at once. Try to move a list or two. Don't dig into the inspector in OmniFocus yet, right? Just put some lists down, create maybe two projects that are single action lists, move everything over from reminders maybe the first time. Just say, okay, I have these two or three lists that used to be in reminders, now they're in OmniFocus. And run with that for a few weeks, see what happens. 
maybe add a tag or two after a few days. Oh, well, these three tasks all have, you know, the same context in, in GTD terms. All of these I can do while I'm in the kitchen. Okay, so I'm going to add a kitchen tag to that. But a lot of times I see people that I sort of encourage to start using OmniFocus. They'll go online, they'll go to YouTube and watch all these like OmniFocus Pro videos. And these people have like 200 nested tags and they'll try to set this system up like this person they saw on YouTube. And then they end up just wasting a bunch of time. And then they start putting their stuff in the list and they realize, oh wait, none of these tasks fit these contexts that YouTube guy has. So they've just wasted a day and a half setting up this system that is never going to work for them and never was going to work for them. Yeah, if you've listened to this podcast for about a year, you probably get the impression that I am a recovering crazy maker visionary, and that would not necessarily be an inaccurate uh, estimation. Uh, watch an hour-long YouTube video, get inspired, try to rechange everything in your system, and then realize, oh man, I've just wasted a bunch of time. One of the other things that I, that I want to point out that I, I just went through this a few weeks ago with somebody, and it's not for really beginners of OmniFocus, but people who like are kind of into it, sort of like that semi-pro user of OmniFocus that knows what they're doing, they know how the tool works, and they're into it, and they're ready to go, is they, they don't get the distinction between when a project needs sort of direction and when a project needs details. And they will overthink. They take that David Allen, like, everything with more than one task is a project to heart. <laughs> and I, for me, that just doesn't work. Like, I've I have, I'm looking at my inbox now, like I have two things in my inbox to get the phone number from the new dentist from my wife and to make a dentist appointment, right? In true like GTD world, I would have made a project and put those two tasks in there. And I'm like, but I'm not going to make a project for two tasks. They can just sit in my inbox and I'll check them off when they're done. Like some people need that structure and some people need that flow in their brain. For me, I can look at two tasks in the inbox and say, oh, those are related. I'll do those tomorrow throw a due date on them, throw a flag on them, throw my focus tag on it, whatever it is, and they'll show up where I need them to. I don't have to go through the whole process of making a project and setting all of that up. I can totally understand that. You know, sometimes when life moves so fast and furious, you throw a bunch of things into the inbox and then you're like, okay, these three have to do with the dentist. Uh, that's one of the reasons I love nesting, uh, infinite nesting inside of OmniFocus, because you can just say, okay, even in the inbox, dentist Heading, subheading, uh, phone number, next action item, couple of things to do, boom, boom, boom. You don't have to set up a full-fledged project to get it knocked out. It does sound like you've got a lot on your plate. Is there anything that you do to automate or routinize parts of your system? Oh, my gosh. I have a lot of automation. Um, where do we start? Let's see. Uh, well, first of all, everybody can do the most basic of automations, right? A repeating task is an automation. A deferred date is an automation. Hey, keep this out of my face until the computer says it should be in my face. These are automations anybody can do without any other tools. Automations don't have to be complicated. Mine are complicated, though. So <laughs> <laughs> I do a lot of stuff with shortcuts on my iOS devices. I do a lot of stuff with Apple Script on my Mac. I do a little bit of Omni automation. I don't do any of it myself. I'm not a scripter. I'm not a programmer. But I do sort of, I can kind of read it a bit. So if I download something somebody else has done, I can usually tweak it a little bit to fit what I need it to do. But I do have some Omni automations installed. I have the date controls automation, which puts a bunch of buttons in your toolbar for, you know, defer a week, defer a day, do plus one week, whatever. That's great. I've tried the Kanban plugin. Didn't really catch with me. We do a lot of stuff at work on Trello. So I'm used to like the Kanban and in Jira, the Kanban kind of view. And I tried doing that in OmniFocus for my personal stuff, and that didn't really catch on with me. So I'll probably get rid of that one soon. But besides the Omni automation stuff, I do a lot of stuff with Keyboard Maestro. 
I have a stream deck like every, you know, productivity nerd in 2021 who's been stuck in his house for a year and a half. Um, so when I'm in OmniFocus on my Mac, my stream deck just turns purple and there's a bunch of buttons on there to jump between projects or contexts. Nothing, nothing super complicated as far as the stream deck goes. Keyboard Maestro, I have uh, what I call my Omni Open palette, which I love. I use it a thousand times a day. For people who don't use Keyboard Maestro, they have this, it's a nap where you can put together these complex macros and keyboard shortcuts and tie them to actual keyboard shortcuts or mouse movements and stuff. But they have this concept of a conflict palette where if you assign a keyboard shortcut to more than one macro in Keyboard Maestro, you get a palette that pops up when you hit that keyboard shortcut. So all of my OmniFocus macros have the same keyboard shortcut. So when I hit Control, Option, Command, O, I get a pop-up that has just a list of all the macros. And then the way Keyboard Maestro does it, you just keep typing in little highlight letters and in, in the different entries, and the list gets shorter and shorter until something happens. So I have that set to Control, Option, Command, O, and then if I just immediately hit O again, that goes to the uh, quick entry inbox. So just click, click, done, I'm entry. I can also hit like the first letter of a lot of projects or folders that I have set up for different areas of my life that I access several times a day. That one saves me a ton of time. Otherwise, I'm command tabbing into OmniFocus and then hitting command O to get to the quick open. And so it, it saves me a few keystrokes here and there a hundred times a day. So that's totally worth it. Um, my big shortcut, okay, this is the one that saves me a ton of time for work. I'll throw this one in there. I have a shortcut that I can run it on my iPad and it will create an OmniFocus project, get the link for the OmniFocus project. It'll create a uh, group in my dev and think and get the link to that group. It'll create a new project through Toggle's API for my time tracker. And it'll create a markdown document in my Obsidian because I'm a productivity nerd in 2021. So I have to use Obsidian too. That's the rule. It ends up spitting out this Obsidian document that has all of the data I need for the project. And then it has these backlinks to my OmniFocus project, to my Dev and Think group, and to my Toggle project. I have all these links in this one markdown document that I can jump around. I'm really, really big into sort of working in contexts. David Sparks has started calling it contextual computing, and I, I stole that from him. I was doing that thing for years, but I didn't really have a name for it. And then I think last year he named it contextual computing. So that's kind of what I do now. That's, that's what I call it. But I have these sort of interlinked documents between Obsidian and OmniFocus and DevonThink and, and you know whatever websites or Jira links for work or Confluence links for work. Those are the systems we use at work. So all those get into one place. And this Obsidian document is like my homepage for that. And my OmniFocus project links to that Obsidian document. So when I open my OmniFocus project, I click a link. It opens that Obsidian document and everything I need is there. And those are also, of course, in Stream Deck buttons. If you don't mind going even further down the abyss of nerdiness, I've got to know because I think that our, our audience will appreciate this. Where do you specifically use Obsidian versus DevonThink? Uh, is, it sounds like Obsidian is more for project support then? We have pretty strict rules at work about where we can keep documents and that sort of thing. Like for all of my personal OmniFocus tasks for work, I keep an OmniFocus, but those are just links to Jira's or links to our official work task management systems, because I'm technically not allowed to keep any of that stuff in my personal system. And that's kind of where I came across Obsidian, because I was, I tried Notion, I tried Craft, I tried all these sort of online note-taking things, but none of them would pass security review for my company. Obsidian, if you choose to not use the Obsidian Sync service, which I opted out of, Obsidian is just a bunch of local markdown files. 
I keep them in our work cloud storage. We use Box for work. So I keep them in a Box folder so they're available everywhere. They sync through Box. They don't sync through um, Obsidian service. But I do have my notes synced onto all of my devices through sort of official channels. But that's kind of what led me down the Obsidian road. And the reason I use Obsidian and DevonThink is DevonThink, a lot like OmniFocus, you can just click on any item in DevonThink and say, give me the link. So those links go back as markdown links into my Obsidian documents to whatever PDFs, keynote presentations, whatever it is. DevonThink is sort of my file system for work. Thank you for breaking that down. I'm a visual thinker, so it sounds like OmniFocus is the physical task centers. Uh, DevonThink is the actual files that are involved in it. And then Obsidian is like this spider web that kind of holds everything together. Exactly. Yeah. Um, then, you know, you say the spider web with Obsidian, they have that big graph view that everybody loves to show off their huge graphs. I never use that. That's always off for me. I don't care how my notes are interlinked. <laughs> I do a lot of backlinks, but I don't really care how all of those links tie together. I just like being able to link between things. When I'm looking at a document, if I need to jump to a project or to a, something else or to start a timer and toggle, I can just click a link in that document and all that happens in other places. I don't, I'm not jumping around all the time. Well, my next question was going to be whether or not there was anything unique in your system. I feel like you've already answered at least a slice of that. Is there anything else about your system that people would find unique? Sure. There's a couple of things I think that I do differently that a lot of other people don't. The OmniFocus official inbox is very, very temporary for me. Inboxes in general in OmniFocus are not. But uh, I told you earlier I had all these different folders for areas of my life, areas of responsibility, whatever people want to call them. So I have a personal inbox and a work inbox and a list inbox. So each of my big folder sections, I have a specific inbox for. If I can help it, things don't go into the main OmniFocus inbox. They go into one of these you know, areas of responsibilities inboxes. And I do that. Well, when I'm at my desk, I just type it in so it's easy. But when I'm on mobile, I actually have a, another shortcut that I built. It's a menu. And basically, the options in the menu are add to personal inbox, add to work inbox, add to Gary inbox, whatever it is. I have four or five inboxes right now. And I've tied that to the, if you use an iPhone, there's a, an accessibility feature called Backtap you can use. So I've assigned that menu shortcut to the Backtap gesture, the triple Backtap gesture. So wherever I am in the phone, whether I'm on a home screen at a different app, whatever, I can triple tap the back of the phone and I get this menu that pops down. And I can pick which inbox, and then I get a text input field, and then type something in, and it goes away. And I know that's in my personal inbox in OmniFocus, or my work inbox in OmniFocus. I didn't have to open OmniFocus. I didn't have to copy and paste anything. I don't have to do anything. It just goes where I need it to. That's really cool. That actually provides a level of clarity when you have multiple inboxes. Because if you know that home has a certain cadence, work has a certain cadence, and you know that they're moving at a certain space, you'll know which one probably needs more of your attention. And so you can just pay attention to the one without having to go through or rehash all the other pieces of the inbox uh, to get to what matters in that space. Yeah, that's relatively new for me. Ever since I worked for my company, since I guess 2014 is when I started, I worked in an office until March of 2020 when everybody else went home. And that's kind of when I started these different inboxes because everyone talks about home life balance and everything. But for the last year, like there is no real home life balance. Like everything is home and life all the time <laughs> and work and kids and other responsibilities and hobbies and 
I know this isn't video, but we're on video. You can like this has been my background on on Zoom for a year and a half. Like this is it. <laughs> People can't see it, but there's a bit of a mess behind me in the background too. This is how everyone knows me, right? <laughs> And we've had a couple of reorgs at work, and I'm on teams of people that I have never met in person. So not having that separation between work and life in real life, like getting that separation in sort of my systems has really kind of clarified a lot of things for me over the last year and allowed me to keep track of things better. I appreciate how well thought out that is, though, because I have a buddy that talks about how there it never was supposed to be work-life balance as much as it was work-life integration. And since things are integrated, I mean, you're always a dad, you're always a husband, you're always a worker, uh, then you're able to separate them out, at least at the software level. Mm-hmm. Even on my desk here, like I technically have a work-home separation. I have two different computers, my work laptop, and I have a Mac Mini, but they're hooked up to the same monitor. Like I just flip the input on the monitor for work and then flip back to the other one for home. So I'm still looking at the same thing. There's no separation. As you've kind of gone through this journey from the inception of OmniFocus, have you had any what you would consider to be mistakes that other people might find instructional just so they don't make the same missteps? I think we've hit on some of this stuff, but they're all mistakes that I've made or, or sort of choices that I've made that I found out later were not the best choices. Things like trying to get everything into one system, even if it doesn't fit. That is something that I tried for a long time to get everything into a single system. OmniFocus, whatever it is, you know, whether it's a task management system or a note-taking system or communications, like never going to get my mom to switch to Telegram, right? Like my communications are always going to be on iMessage and Slack and SMS and Facebook Messenger, whatever it is. I'm not on Facebook, but a lot of people are. Like whatever it is, you can't expect everyone else to move into your system, so you have to be kind of more flexible with how your systems work so that you can integrate with the world around you. I learned that with OmniFocus personally when I started this job and not everything was in OmniFocus anymore and I started to have to integrate with the work systems, but I didn't want to completely work in their systems. I wanted to work in OmniFocus and I tried so hard to make the work system fit my OmniFocus system for six months and it was just a bunch of wasted time. I built a ton of automations that I didn't need when I'm like, you know what, maybe I just go over to Jira and look at the Jira board. And that's what I have to do today. That's a really good point. Sometimes it's not worth automating. Just just do the thing. <laughs> uh, Jimmy, if folks are interested in catching up with you or connecting with you and what you're doing, uh, how can they do that? Oh, you know, I'm, uh, I'm all over Twitter if you can handle political and tech news snark. I'm just at Jimmy Little on Twitter and Instagram and all the social things. But Twitter and Instagram is kind of where I hang out mostly. Uh, I got a website at uh, cocktailsandcoffee.com, which is my sort of personal blog. And whatever I do goes up on there. The tagline is uh, Internet Ramblings Fueled by Adult Beverages. And uh, that's basically what it is. It's, it's not often updated, but it's there if you want to go check it out. All the links to all of my social stuff is there as well. And uh, for the people who are listening to this show, I'm, I'm in the OmniFocus Slack all the time. Feel free to DM me. Say hi. Send an emoji wave. Uh, Jimmy, thank you so much for spending time with us. This has been awesome. Sure. Thank you. Hey, and thank all of you for listening today, too. As always, you can drop us a line at The Omni Show on Twitter. We'd love to hear from you there. You can also find out everything that's happening with The Omni Group at omnigroup.com slash blog. Mm-hmm.